This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Two guys who are just trying to come up with some way to make the Flyers think they're always playing at home. Perhaps cheesesteak scented candles. Perhaps a traveling group of fans to just yell shoot at them at every occasion. Something. So Craig, tonight was uh, one of those nights where I got the fancy pants corporate box experience for the Flyers, which uh, I don't know if you've ever done done a fancy pants corporate box or anything, but it's it's different than your usual fan experience. Yeah, no, I'm not a I'm not a coastal elite, so I've never done that. But yeah, <laughs> but as we all know, I am a coastal elite. Yeah, I of course. Am... Yeah, you you brag about it all the time. But I yeah, bra- continue uh, here. Watch I, the game with the rich people. <laughs> I brag about it constantly. That's all I do. Is you know people. <laughs> are just exhausted of it. Uh, I got invited to this thing. I don't know how. And, you know, you, you got to do the schmooze for a bit. But it's always weird because, like, most of the people are not there to care about the game. There's a few people. Right. But most of the people are just like, oh, cool, a hockey game. Uh, yeah. And then there's me who, you know, literally talks about this team twice a week on podcasts and <laughs> watches every game. Okay. I'm sitting in the first row of this box and – I am going to watch every second of this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm sitting there zoned in. I'm like, uh, like anybody listening, I'm like, just watch Sean Couturier. He's like two to three moves in front of everybody else. He's playing chess. They're playing checkers. (laughs) I'm I'm overanalyzing everything. I'm like, oh, my God. Just look at the way Travis Konechny moves. My God. My God. The jerk store. And people are like, why do you have individual nicknames for everybody? I'm like, shut up. (laughs) But uh, part of the experience was uh, we had a, a, a couple of alumni pop into the box. It was uh, Brian Prop and Dave Schultz. Great to see them show up. Awesome. I got a picture with them. It was very cool. But I, <laughs> I came up and I, I shook Prop's hand and I said, hey, Brian, I, this is a funny story. I actually interviewed you on a podcast a few years ago. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Back when... It was either Flyers Faithful or the brief Flyer Delphi. You know, we don't need to even speak the full name. We don't need yeah, to speak yeah. the full name. Uh, it's like the the season four community, the the gas uh, leak <laughs> season is what they call that. that that's the gas yeah, yeah. Flyers podcast. But uh, <laughs> Flyers Faithful or the podcast in between Fly Purbly and Flyers Faithful. Uh, it was one of those interviewed Brian Pop. Great guy. Super nice interview. But he definitely was just like, okay. <laughs> when I brought it up, it just was just weird. right along. Yeah. Yeah. I got a picture with him and, and Schultz. And uh, I also made a joke to Schultz about, like, beating me up. Because, I mean, he's Dave Schultz. He's the hammer. Right, right. And he's like, what? Well, I, no, I want to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> what? Coach. Just a foreign idea to him, fighting somebody else. He's like, me? me? David Schultz? No, I would never. I would never fight somebody. I was just like, all right. Thanks, fellas. <laughs> yeah, good talk. I'm going to go sit back down. <laughs> I'm sit back down and enjoy myself. But, I mean, it was still still great to, to meet a couple great flyers. But yeah. it's just definitely, it's it's an overall odd experience being in the pocket. Great. I, I had a great time. 
but it's it's definitely it's more unusual than the typical fan experience. Like I definitely started booing at one point. I'm like, I shouldn't do this. <laughs> I just, uh, by the way, I just realized we, we had the box last year when we did the, uh, the game for the, against the predators for all straight hockey. We went and we helped out, the uh, Ed Snyder youth foundation. Youth Great hockey, foundation. Snyder hockey. Yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, I believe we had a box for that game, but that was a game we were usually at out on the concourse and i think we watched like a period in the box yeah right? yeah we yeah, yeah that's exactly what happened we had the uh the club box right uh, the, yeah, yeah and then we saw the it was a third period and there was a yeah that was the game where carter it was like carter Hart's second game and he pretty much won them the game yeah just killing it making unbelievable saves and yeah. uh tonight was not that different actually a hell of a game from the flyers tonight they beat the pants they beat the pants off the buffalo sabers six to one uh, just ridiculous game. Everybody looked good, and it's one of the most dominant Flyers games I have seen in a while. Yeah. No, I mean, tonight all around, there was nothing at all to complain about. Uh, and, you know, it, they got a little bit of a break with Jack Eichel being out. A little bit, maybe a big break. But still, they took it to the Sabres. They, I mean, they demolished them every which way. Sabres, uh, I'm going to rattle off some stats here. I know that's surprising you, Steve. But, oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> Buffalo, 17 shots. Third time this season, the Flyers have held an opponent to 17 shots or less. And the fifth time, they've held an opponent to under 20 shots. I think that right there is already a good step tonight. Even if they didn't win 6-1, to one, I think that's pretty ridiculous just to hold another team to that little uh, little amount of shots on goal. Uh, Kevin Hayes was everywhere tonight. I mean, he had that assist for Nis- on Niskman's play. Um, he set up the first JVR goal. And he just – his puck possession capabilities seem like they're as strong as they were at the beginning of the year, which I, if that if that holds up, it's going to be real scary. But Yeah, Hayes assist, and JVR just had great games tonight. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, they were just – I mean, and yeah, JVR was cleaning up the crease pretty well today. I had, to be the, the I had to be the hockey guide for a couple guys in the box tonight. I, I was just like, okay, so that, that's James Van Riemsdyk right there. And the thing about James Van Riemsdyk is he's paid a lot of money to score goals, and people get very upset if he doesn't score goals. So he just scored a goal there, so people will be very, very happy with James Van Riemsdyk tonight. I don't know. The way you position that, I picture like people saying he scored, and they gave him like a like golf clap, like, oh, he did his job tonight. Very nice. <laughs> oh, I finally oh, did. Nice no. work, James. Nice work. Well, he had a so JVR had two goals, and now he is on pace – Four goals in the last four games. Second multi-goal game of the season. His first was uh, the 7-4 whenever the Blue Jackets were two goals. And then he's now on pace for 23 goals. So oh, still wow. not the best season, but things are turning up for him. I mean, we, some idiot blogger like two weeks ago wrote about how there's pretty much nothing wrong with JVR. He just can't, he just isn't scoring right now. And eventually he will, unless this is the unluckiest season ever. And uh, look where we are. Um, Kevin Hayes, two assists, also had two assists against the Jets. So he has two multi-point games in the last three games, and he's got three on the year. He also had a multi-point game against the Blue in that seven to four Blue Jackets win. Uh, I'm trying to think NAK. I kind of want to talk about NAK and Kasha real quick. Yeah, let's See talk about NAK game. and Kasha real quick. And I have two things to say. Uh, first off, I think you can call me a full-fledged member of the NAKGB after tonight because he looked really good. And uh, may I, I also posit, may I also posit the nickname, NA Kasha. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say you told that you said there. I like that a little bit. <laughs> I think that's where then Kasha closed. I saw that one. God, that know. was me. That was me. Yeah, that was. I was gonna say. I, I said I got a workshop. Little, it's got a good. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a little. Uh, <laughs> I, I do like. Uh, what about Kasha? I do like AKGB though. That's pretty good. Um, Kasha milk. Ever <laughs> had cashew milk? It's no good. Like Cautious clay? No, that's I don't know. That's, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not gonna be able to think of. Uh, or maybe uh, it's like gonna... you know, in Curb, when uh, Larry David's hanging out with David Schwimmer making the producers, and uh, David Schwimmer's dad makes trail mix, and it just doesn't have enough cashews. It's not, not enough cashews. <laughs> okay, I'll go with that one. Yeah. You can pretty much all every nickname somebody comes up with around Curb, I think. Get I am just going to make every every flyer something to do with Curb in some way. I will make this happen by the end of the year. Or Seinfeld. Just, you know, the combination. It will yeah, happen. Yeah. I was going to say, we already have one for another player, but we'll get to that in a second because we don't want to touch on that yet. But the, the NAK, I thought, I think this was his best game tonight. Uh, yeah. One against the Sabres. I thought Kasha's looked pretty good so far, but he wasn't as noticeable as NAK was out there tonight. He was, I mean, Kasha is basically the, the Jedi apprentice to Jake Voracek. Right. And, uh, <laughs> he really is. Yeah. I mean, cause Jake Voracek does look like a full fledged Jedi with that beard. You know, you just put a cloak on him and it's like, Oh, there's Obi-Wan, but it's it, it, Kasha's look good. But yeah, I thought NAK had a great game tonight. I thought he was just flying out there. I, I thought he was playing like pretty aggressively in the offensive zone, uh, doing yeah. a lot of things. Right. There were like there were two or three times where he picked up the puck in the neutral zone and then just moved. He just created an odd man rush going the other way. And his his speed and his forechecking kind of make him. It feels like somebody who could realistically stay in the bottom six. And the same with Kasha too. Whenever you know Lawton and Ralph come back now and Faraby, uh, it's going to become a numbers game again. But it's kind of nice to have these two guys who were pretty much relegated to the AHL and we didn't really think much about. And then some injuries go down, and we can just pull guys up from the AHL and plug them right in because they fit into that role perfectly. And now they're kind of built for AV system more than, I think, Hacksaw's because these two guys are fast and they are effective on the forecheck. So I think the, the, only guy built for Dave, the only guy built for Dave Hackstall's system was Chris Vandevelde and Pierre-Edouard Belmar. <laughs> yeah, I would say – Maybe Ryan honestly, I would make an argument – uh, Gudis, Gudis is too. Oh yeah, because he just takes any shot he can. From yeah, because yeah, get the puck back to the point. Gudis is like, fuck yeah, this is my bread and butter. Let's do this. Wind her up. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I'm trying to think of whenever like, well, Andreoff is probably gonna be the next one out. I would think. Andy, Andy, uh, Andy. Comes. Yeah. So yeah, poor Andy, Andy, Andy. But and again, he's looked fine, but he is just. Early in the year, I was fine with him being on the fourth line because I felt like they were never going to call up NAK. And also, Kasha was probably never going to come up until half the forwards are out of like this situation now. So I'm happy. I'm happy they got to take a look at him at all because I've been curious to see what he looked like in the NHL. And it looks like he can carve out a role on this roster and actually be important to the team. And, uh, I mean, speaking of that real quick, Pitlick. Talk about Pitlick's return. Yeah, again, I, you know, the liquor of pits, he's, he's doing stuff. He had a pretty good game tonight, too. This is probably he his did. best game as a flyer. Like he... I, I noticed him, and I was like, oh, the, the liquor of pits. The... <laughs> he's doing it. He's doing the thing tonight. No, he actually he's looked good. It? I was impressed. 
Yeah. T P A T had a goal. I'm not calling him that. What did a you call goal him? and T P A T. We're not. Let's not do that. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. That's a bad one. One goal, and five shots in 14, 52 Tom and Ice. His goal was just nothing but him staying with the puck and the Sabres. The Sabres got kind of lazy. I mean, that was a one on five, and the one was Tyler Pitt. Like that shouldn't be going at. But he also had another shift in the third where he just dangled around everybody, and I didn't know what was happening. He danced around three different Sabres in the offensive zone. And then also Morgan Frost. What about that Morgan Frost angle in the third Ooh, period? Zone? That was spicy. That was yeah, a spicy meat of ball right there. Yeah. Uh, Morgan no. Frost. Let's see. I want to see. I mean, we haven't been seeing too much out of Frost recently, though. Kind of, you know, we maybe that will. Uh... Well, I would did, say. Did Kasha... he just appear? Did Morgan Frost just appear on the roster one day? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. He was the. Uh... What was his first? His first game was that terrible Panthers loss way back. He, well, I was gonna say he, he wasn't uh, part of a trade or anything, right? Like, because I remember the Flyers traded Braden Shen for Yuri Laterra straight up. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but oh I, yeah, no he. Was, where did they, when did yeah. they get Morgan Frost in that equation? <laughs> they, it's actually uh, I, I don't know. They he's not real. He's not actually on the roster. They didn't get Frost or Fairbairn. They're still just waiting for Laterra. They're just running with 11 forwards and they're like, yeah, we're, whenever Laterra comes back, we'll be put back into the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> Frost, uh, I will say Kasha, Frost, and Voracek, though, that line, I do like that line a lot because they're all very, I mean, it's a quick line. And uh, they, The Frosty usually... checks. Ooh. That's, well, all right. Did you, did you just do that? I literally that... just came up with that. Well, it's going to suck when they switch up the lines. But that's pretty Absolutely. good for the next 48 hours. <laughs> the frosty checks. So we'll enjoy it while it lasts. But I think uh, Kasha and Vorchek both have a lot of speed on the outside, and Frost is pretty crafty. So it's and they were getting goals against the Ducks, and they were getting chances tonight. It's quietly a pretty productive line, and for the third line, that's pretty good. And it's uh, so funny when you think about how we were talking about this uh, just a couple days ago in the forecast, where we're like. I don't know about this week. Flyers don't have any healthy forwards. Uh, I'm not feeling good. And then they've blown two teams out of the water that they, they should beat, but yeah. they beat them convincingly. And it's, it's awesome. I I'm, and again, like, so the number one factor I'm kind of attributing to this right now is the return of Travis Konechny. Uh yeah. We weren't quite expecting him back in that ducks game, but when he was back, TK, the jerk store's all-time bestseller has just energized the hell out of this team. He's come back, and it's it's so funny because you talk about like Zach Ronaldo being the energy guy back in the day, and he didn't do shit because he sucked. But I know, bro. But you, <laughs> Travis Konechny is legitimately an energy guy because not only does he provide big hits, not only does he have speed and talent, the guy can score goals. He, he can do whatever you need. He is. He mixed it up tonight with Darlene. He's a scrap now. Gets suspended because of his actions, but yeah. 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 But uh, oh. having Konechny back makes such a difference for this team. He just, he is the spark that this team needs, and he is a legitimate top six forward. You can't move out of the top six because he is such a difference maker. Yeah. And I, I mean, we saw, you know, there were a lot of injuries over the last week, but the difference in just offensive creativity once he came back into the lineup on Monday, it was 
Dunstan. I mean, his passing on the Drew goal was ridiculous, and then he his passing this year like that. I think he's always had you know a lot of talent with his, sh- his shooting and everything, but I feel like he really upgraded his passing this year to a new level. He has just been doing ridiculous things with the puck all year. His he gets so many people no look passing. I think the pass on Monday too or Tuesday too was a no look pass. But he so many of the plays or so so many of like the great cross ice passes he get is he's just able to he's looking at the net and then he just throws it across the ice and gets a goalie to drop looking at him. Uh, it's but yeah, his playmaking is definitely. I feel like it's definitely improved this year. Actually, speaking of, he had three assists tonight. Yes, there it is. Uh, fifth three-point game of his career. It's the third three-point game he has this season. He had a uh, three points in the season opener, and then his first three-assist game of his career was the five-to-three win over the Hurricanes on the road in Carolina. The second game with Frost, actually. So, uh, but yeah, he's been. We so I don't we never actually got to this question, Steve. And on the BSH radio yesterday, I'll ask you it now. We started talking about it. I don't think we actually got into an answer. Uh, who is the most important forward on the team? So I, or who's I, the most important player? Sorry, like I'm going to you... give you my top three. I'll give you my top three ranking here. Okay. I think it goes Couturier, Connect, Giroux, and I think that's the order right now. Because I think if you took Sean Couturier off this team, the difference you would see as far as uh, two-way play and defensive responsibility and shutting down some of the top players from the other team, I think, you know, Hayes could fill that void to a degree, but I think Sean Couturier is that good of a player and that necessary of a player that you would see a, a marked difference. Uh However, Konechny this week, his return, this team has just got so much more energy with him back. It's unbelievable. And it's it's great to see. It's it's They've instantly turned back into a super exciting team that you want to watch every minute. Uh, but, yeah. I, you know, and Claude Giroux might not be quite as irreplaceable as he was previously, but I would still say he's one of those guys I think you think you could live without, but then you'd play a couple games without him and you go, damn, I miss Claude Giroux. No, that's fair. That makes sense. Uh, you know, I think I would probably go with Katoria and connect me one and two as well. But I, Katoria would have been the obvious choice, no questions asked. I think the last couple seasons, but I think this year connect me is catching out there because we saw how much, how much offense was voided when he was out of the lineup, and then how much it pretty much was instantly came back and once he came back into the lineup, like there was just the the decrease in offensive productivity when he's out. I think that really there's nobody else on the team that can kind of replace him when he's gone. And Couturier, I mean, Couturier, I think is still always going to be one for me because of his, especially now that he puts up points too. his, def- the way he defends elite players is just incredible. But I, I you know, I wonder a little bit too about, I, I would say Carter, Carter Hart's going to be out there in a couple of years or next year, even. Um, well, we were talking I, about forwards, mind you. Yeah, well, I meant, yeah, well. Uh, if, if you're talking, talking overall, yeah. like, if you're talking yeah, yeah, overall yeah. players, I actually might rank. If we're talking overall players right now, I would probably go Couturier, Konechny, Provorov. I was going to say, I think if we're going team, I'm thinking Provorov or Niskanen, too. Yeah, well, I like, mean, I think I'd have to... they've been so good together, and. Yeah, Provorov no. plays just an incredible amount of minutes each night. That was not just Hackstall. That is 
coaches trust him and they want him out there. He yeah. is just that. And again, it might not be the most, you know, for say, I'm not calling to call out the nerds here. But, oh, here we go. Oh, the nerds. No, I, I, he doesn't always get the most respect in the advanced stats community. Uh, Provorov. He's one of those yeah. guys that I think tends to be more of a favorite for, for eye test guys, but coaches love him because he plays a shit ton of minutes every night for a reason. I mean, Niskanen had 22 tonight. Provorov had 23-53 tonight. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> and like he routine, and this is a game where the Flyers just killed. They killed the Sabres, and he still yeah. played 23 minutes. I mean, you look at the Ducks game. Provorov played 26 minutes in that game. Yeah, the dude can log minutes. No, he plays a ton, and he is. I, I even well, I'm a stats guy. I mean, I always, I've always liked Provorov. My big thing was just the. The concern was with the contract last year, just because we saw how he played last year. And then it's like, all right, well, we know what he can do. Do we want to lock up seven more years if this is what he is? And then turns out it wasn't. This is now he's playing a lot better. This is he's having a hell of a season. And I really wonder if a lot has to do with just AV's system being in a different system and actually having a defensive uh, defensive partner that is uh, not inept in the defensive zone actually makes the defensive plays. So rather than being paired with McDonald or, I mean, even Ghost, even back in 2017-18, he was he and Ghost were the dominant pair. And now you give him a guy like Niskanen, I'm, this this pair is they're pretty damn good. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I would say there's definitely a lot to do with the pairing. I think they're they're very comfortable together. They have really good chemistry together. Uh, I'd say there's a lot to do with AV system, but I really think Ivan Provorov just looks like a better more confident player this year than he did last I year. I, so I think he just, he, there is a marked difference in how he's playing. And I really do think that the contract having that off his mind helps. And I also just wonder, I guess it does, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm actually curious about, so we remember a few off seasons ago, we, we read that story about his crazy like routines, his workout routines where like, he'd like climb mountains and shit, like just yeah. do all sorts of insane stuff. <laughs> You know what I wonder about now and thinking about it? I'm wondering how much of a difference the pace of play in practice makes uh, under Elaine Vigneault versus Dave Haxtall. Because that was one of the big things in camp was they were talking about how Big Al really would run a much more high-intensity practice than Haxtall did. And that really helps the the player's uh, stamina throughout the game. And considering this is a guy who plays like 25 minutes a game, you know, it's it's worth asking if having these kind of high, you know, high intensity practices, uh, at least relatively speaking, make a difference for that stamina. And if he's a better player throughout these long games as a result. I mean, that's I, I can believe that we looking at the team as a whole, they've had, you know, the, the problem's kind of been they've had slow starts, but then they tear teams apart in the second and third and that's because they're just outlasting teams and there's more i feel like they're more aggressive on the puck and they're more just aggressive overall because they do have more energy uh and so i would imagine that it's held pro overall too uh and i I think yeah the contract must have been it was it definitely felt like a mental thing with him last year it wasn't really there weren't plays where it looked like he was nursing like a bum shoulder on me it was just stuff where he'd had like indecision with the puck and he would just 
hold on to the puck for an extra two or three seconds than he needed to, panic, and then just throw a blind pass in the middle of the ice. And obviously he's not doing that now, and now he's carrying the puck from end to end. He's creating plays. He's keeping up with people, and he's just he's using his speed and mobility all over the ice to help the team get out defensive jams. And He's also scoring again. Uh, that was something he's scoring, we saw. Yeah, he had a bomb tonight. Yeah, he had a yeah. rocket from the blue line tonight. Yeah. It was awesome. I but, mean, but that's something we saw, we saw from him two years ago when he was just yeah. killing it. He had 17 goals. And yes. he's off to a good start this year already. I think, what was he, at five? Oh, God. I think so. I had a stat. Uh, Adam Kimmelman had it. I think he's he's already tied with Kimo Timonen and who's the other player? Somebody else for goals as a Flyers defenseman. He's already tied Timonen with the number of goals he scored as a defenseman, which sounds insane to me. Right, because Kimo Timonen realized... was here what felt like a lifetime. See for a lifetime, yeah. And I guess I guess when it comes to that, Timonen was more of an assist guy. And also I don't I don't think Timonen ever had fifteen goals in a season, let alone seventeen. So getting seventeen goals in a season is probably gonna help you move up those ranks because it's not like you're not talking about like two hundred goals here, you're talking about I think like around fifty ish, maybe, thirty nine. I think it's thirty nine, forty around that area. So but still he's no, he's incredible. I mean that I, I really don't I have, have that any... stat by the way. Oh, you do? Okay, what yeah, is it? Yeah, so Adam Kim- Kimmelman said, Ivan Provorov goal was his 38th in the NHL, tying him for ninth among Flyers defensemen with Jimmy Watson and Kimo Timonen. Jimmy Watson was there, I forgot. Yeah. So, so two pretty good names already to be compared to. You know. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, not even not even halfway through your fourth season in the league. You already got as many goals as them. So that's... Defense, uh, defense is good. Defense has been good. Carter Hart's been good. Uh, everybody, uh, everybody's been, I really, I don't have too much to complain about tonight. I was gonna, we talked about Tyler Pitlick too. That was somebody I used to make fun of. He's looked great since his uh, wrist surgery in the off season. And again, by the way, Provorov not, goal totals this year: eight goals on the season for Provorov, which okay. he's sixth on the team. He's got as many as seven for seven K- Hayes. Uh, <laughs> right now, your goals are TK and Claude are tied. TK. Claude and Oscar Lindblom are tied for 11. Uh, JVR's got 10. Sean Couturier, 9. And then it's Proveroff and Hayes with 8. Uh, Voracek, 7. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, actually, a uh, quick side note. Uh, Matt Niskanen and Shane Gostaspare with 5 apiece. So getting some good offensive contributions from the back end already. And more importantly, they're also playing defense too, which I feel like has kind of been a thing. Can't really say about some of the Flyers defense remember the last couple years or even mainly last year it felt like there was no defense on the team whatsoever you can say that yeah you can safely say that yeah well and we were just talking about how niskanen has been really good with Provorov, but i think we got to give some kudos to shane gostaspare too who ever since he got benched has really come back on fire and he has upped his game in all aspects i yeah i think so too At least, especially in the offensive zone i feel like he's been more confident he had a uh, he was teeing off on a couple of sh- tonight and i feel like he hasn't made as many mistakes uh in the ozone or on the power play but uh yeah well and i want myers too uh i know because he got a healthy scratch for a couple games he myers has all the tools in the world but i think some of his decision making right now is a little uh is a little questionable but i think yeah that could be straightened out uh i i thought of the i don't know if you picked this out at the games tonight but there was a rush where 
the Flyers were making a line change. The puck was in the middle of the ice, and Myers skated up, picked it up, and then skated into four Sabres trying to enter the zone, and they stole it from him, and then and they started an odd man rush going the other way while the Flyers were in the middle of a line change. So it's like those types of things you just can't do. And it's frustrating with Myers because you know he is well, – you, you see he's got all the physical tools. You see him do that, and then you see him – you know, come back in the defensive zone later in the game and just shut a guy down in the corner and take the puck away. And, and he has all this speed and agility and, and size and skill. So like, you know, he has all the tools and it's about just being consistent and putting it all together. And it's a, it's a work in progress, but man, when Phil Myers is going, uh, I love watching him. He's one of my favorite. He's one of my favorite players on the team when he's working on all cylinders. Yeah. And if he, I mean, and if he, you know, if he kind of rides the ship here in the next couple of games, it's or not anywhere. It doesn't be soon, but and he's on the third pair. Then there's really nothing I can complain about with the defense right now. Again, right now there's not there's really not too much to complain about with the team overall on the ice. Like there's the last two games have been pretty nice, and all the concerns we had from last week are all gone because of the, the in, most of the injuries have already come back. We've, you know, we've recorded before a lot of shit hit the fan. Do you know that, Steve? We oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Tuesday. last week was so tough because, A, they had they had three tough matchups on the road. It, it was a tough yeah. road trip. And they also had all those injuries. I mean, Colorado's a tough, tough team to face. They got smoked, and for good reason. Minnesota, that was a winnable one, but... They also had again a million injuries, and then Winnipeg was just a disaster. And Winnipeg was just a disaster. Yeah, and I'm just that glad was... they went out and got the Ducks at home and did what they needed to do. They kicked ass and had that that energy level rise to where we wanted to see it. And it's it's nice as a Flyers fan going to games. You're actually seeing them play like good games at home because that's been a problem. And I know people have yeah. grouched about the the attendance issues and everything, but I mean, this is a good team at home right now. And I'm not, I don't want to talk about that too much, by the way, but the one thing I noticed tonight is, yeah, there weren't, there were definitely some empty seats in the lower bowl. There were a ton of people in the upper bowl and the assembly room. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't really, the attendance stuff. I don't really care about. I don't know. I I don't care about either. Yeah. There's, I think there's like a million reasons why they're, they could have some low attendance games here, but I really don't, I really don't give a shit. I think once there's a lot of reasons for it right now, but it is Philadelphia. So I'm pretty sure if they start winning again, there's not going to be attendance problems. So I think if the Flyers win a playoff series this year, I think that kind of will solve these issues. Sure. I, am but I mean, I also just, in my opinion, might be a lot of stuff to do with high price tickets. Cause yeah, that too. No, if I, I can mean, pay 25 true. bucks to get the standing room and still have a pretty good view, or I can pay $150 and then buy a $10 Chick-fil-A sandwich. I don't know. Decisions. Yeah. <laughs> That's all but, I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say out there. Yeah, I, I, I love to sit you, lower you know. bowl, but it's if you can't afford it, uh, I, you know, yeah. I want to go to the game. Yeah. Do I just want to spend $25 on the assembly room ticket or do I want to spend uh, $150 to sit down? It's you know, anyway. It's neither yeah. here nor there, because I don't care about that. I want to talk about an exciting hockey team. They've been taking care of business at home. Carter Hart, especially, has been amazing at home. Complete shutdown goalie, number one at home. It's it's awesome. I don't know what the hell the deal is, why he's better at home than on the road, but his splits <laughs> are, there's something to see. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, you know, tonight wasn't the heaviest workload. He had to face 16 shots in a five-goal game, but it was really more about Monday because Monday may, Monday may have been his best performance of the year. And, and again, they needed of, him to step up and be that guy. Yeah, yeah, and they uh, this is the first time all year he's faced 40 shots or more, and so it was his first 40 save performance. And the Flyers haven't been they haven't needed him to do that often this year. But like you said, I mean, the game on on Tuesday was. Pretty important, and uh, or on Monday, and uh, and they were getting tested late in the first period from the Ducks, and then it was when it was a one goal game, the Ducks put a lot of pressure, and Carter Hart didn't really have a signature save, but he still helped them weather the storm and stay in the game and kind of let them go in the win. So, if you have a defense that is going to limit the number of shots and the opposition takes, like tonight, if you can limit, have nights where your defense can just not let the other team take 20 shots. And then the nights when they don't show up and Hart can stand on his head, you're going to be in most games. And if you're in most games, you can work your way in the wins. And I, I'm excited about the defense and the goaltending. I know they scored six goals tonight. And I think I saw a stat. Uh, the Flyers are one of, I think they've had five, six goal games so far this year. And the Hurricanes and Penguins have six, six goal games. And that's... um or they have six five-goal games. So the Flyers are one of three teams that have scored six goals five times or more already this year. I think that's the stat. It's like NHL, PRs, and I'll look it up and I'll figure it out. But they can have offensive explosions, and they can also just take away opponents' scoring chances in the night. So it, this team looks better than they've looked in recent years. Uh, I'm. Oh, yeah. I'm, it's it's not yeah, it's I wanna, I'm close excited to those Hackstall teams. It's, yeah, I'm excited to see how they look down the stretch and if um, – well, I mean, there's one big injury or one big player they're going to be out without for the rest of the year. Um, yeah, I think we should uh, just get into this. This yeah, is a, a tough thing to talk it, yeah. about, and yeah. I know you just you you've got two nights in a row of having to discuss it. So I uh, yeah, I I didn't say too much last night. I really, I mean, I really just don't. I don't know what to say. I mean, it just sucks. That what we is all... there to say? It's it's terrible. So let, let's yeah. just get into it. Uh, so. Earlier this week, we got the. Was it this week or was it last week? It was Friday. It was, it was Friday. Uh, okay, so was, yeah. late last week, we got the just the the horrible news that Oscar Lindblom is dealing with Ewing sarcoma. It is just a a terrible, terrible uh, disease that he's dealing with. Uh, it's essentially cancer that forms around the bones, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, uh, I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's it can spread to the tissue around the bones. And then it can also spread to the bone marrow and lungs. That's what I've, I've read and put in the outline here. Just horrible. Yeah, and so that's... You have to you have to hope that I mean because this is one of those areas where it really transcends hockey. It is about a man's life, and this is somebody who is just beloved by his teammates. They they love him. They they you know you don't want to see people go through this. It's it's a terrible thing, and we wish Oscar Lindblom the best. He's one of the favorites of the show, too. And I, oh, I yeah. think any listener knows that at this point. We have like 10 nicknames for him. He's Oski Boy. He's the Atomic <laughs> Blom. He's the Swedish Stank. The Big O. Uh, the Grouch. Yeah. The Grouch, yeah. There's a Bartulis. There's a ton of nicknames in there. There's a ton of nicknames. And that's because uh, we love him. And he's he's a, a you know, it's yeah. it's it sucks on so many levels. Like, it's it sucks on a very 
human level. You don't want to see anybody go through that. It, it sucks on a hockey level because he was having a breakthrough season. He was a vital top six forward for the Flyers. Uh, it's it's just devastating, and we wish Oscar nothing but the best. And it's the, the way the team has come out and supported him uh, through this has been a sight to see. And like the, the thing they did before the ducks game where they put all the signs, I fight for Oscar and they set up the the locker room with all of the, uh, the, the purple jerseys in support of uh, uh, cancer, uh, you know, anti-cancer obviously um, with Oscar Lindblom's regular Jersey in the middle. That was such a powerful image. And, you know, I think the flyers are are handling this well. And it, it, what I really like is that, he knows the team supports him and he knows the city of Philadelphia supports him. And we just want to let him know that, that we are here for you, Oscar, the fans and everybody involved with the flyers. Like we're here for you in your fight, you know, and we're all rooting for you and hope for nothing but the best for you. It's yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I really, it, it just sucks because, uh, I know we all probably have the same gut reaction to it. And then I, again, I don't personally know him. So I just think of him as a hockey player, unfortunately. And I'm not really thinking about how it impacts the flyers on the ice. It just, it just sucks that, I mean, it sucks. It happens to anybody, but especially, you know, somebody that you were saying before is, you know, we love him a lot. He's one of our favorite players. And it also just sucks that we, there's nothing we can support them and it just sucks that there's not anything physically we can actually do to help them. We yeah. can just, and that's, but that's, you know, that's just cancer overall. And it, everybody's had a brush with cancer, not, you know, personally, but they know somebody who has gone through it and yeah, it's touched all of our lives and just, yeah. you know, I think the, the worst ways and it's it's certainly, you know, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it too much cause I yeah, will no, not be able to finish it, the podcast, but it's, yeah, it's so. affected me in some very adverse ways and it's yeah, yeah no i and uh, yeah me too so it's yeah. and that's the thing that sucks is like i you know we all think about those situations and we know this poor guy has to go through it now and it's just it just fucking sucks and i, I you know it might be a long battle but he does have the support of everybody and we're you know we're gonna we're here for him and he I think that will make a difference, though, just knowing that you have this much support behind you that will help. But, I, yeah, I really don't know what else to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I just I just got very choked up, so I yeah. am trying to go uh, anyway away from that. I but can, no, uh, you want me uh, to... No, actually, the one thing I wanted to mention was, uh, I think Drew had a, a great quote about it the other day, where yeah. he was... I forget the exact quote offhand. Uh, it was just something about, like, just knowing Flyers fans and and knowing that we all support him, that the whole city is yeah, behind he, him, not just uh, you know, that's that's a great just, quote. Yeah, it's not just the Flyers that are behind him; it's the whole city, right? And yeah. I think it's that makes me really happy that that they know that you know, like yeah, yeah. we get such a, a bad rap. As, as Flyers fans, and I'm, I'm not here to gripe about oh, that, but I think it's a yeah, known yeah. fact that we get a bad rap, but here's the thing. When this stuff happens, we are here for our guys. We 
you know, we are here, we're in their corner. And I, I like that they know that, that, that means a lot to me. And look, it's, this goes again, way beyond hockey. It is a human issue. And I think Flyers fans have always been, you know, great about this kind of things. Cause uh, well, you think about the Mario Lemieux. Moment. I, I was just going to say, yeah, I was going to say, it's not even, we, the, you know, Flyers fans, Philly fans in general get shit on, but when, when shit hits a fan and it becomes more than just sports, I think, I think Philly fans are underrated in terms of how much they show up to support because of the thing like Mary Lemieux, supposed to be one of the most hated athletes in Philly. And they weren't, uh, they didn't want, they didn't focus on that at all when he came back from cancer and was on the ice and they gave him a standing ovation. So it's, if there was ever a city to be in to go through, this i think philadelphia would be the one not just because of the sport of you know the fans and everything too but it's also one of the better cities when it comes to like hospitals and everything and like actually going into yeah yeah there's a lot of support uh, and i think there's it's a you know we just have to hope he he caught it early and he's going to get nothing but the best treatment Uh, flyers take care of their guys and you know we we wish we wish oscar Lindblom nothing but the best and our, our full support, you know, it's, it's a tough thing, but we're, we're all rooting for you, man. All right. We got the heavy stuff done. You know, we're all in Oscar's corner and we're rooting for Oscar, but let's, let's get to some of the lighter stuff. Let's talk about one of our favorite recent segments. Why the teams we hate suck. Why the penguins and devils suck. Let's start with the devils, Craig, why do the devils suck this week? And there's a pretty big reason for it. Oh yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be one of my favorite things about this year. Taylor Hall has been traded to the Arizona coyotes. Too bad. With another piece, piece, Blake Spears. I mean, he's not an important piece, but Blake Spears, Taylor Hall and Blake Spears to Arizona for Nick Merkley, Nathan Schnarr, Kevin Ball, a 2020 conditional first, and a 2021 conditional third. Now that's a lot of things. That is a lot of things. And, and I don't, none of these sound like real things. Like I'll be honest with you. It feels a little bit like the return that the Sabres got back for Ryan O'Reilly. I'm hoping it's the same kind of end result too, where the Coyotes go on to win the Stanley cup and we can laugh at the devils even more, but conditions on these uh, picks, the 2021st, if it's a top three pick, uh, New Jersey gets Arizona's first in 2021. And then the condition on the 2021 third is it becomes a second if either Arizona wins a playoff series or if Taylor Hall resigns in Arizona and that third round pick becomes a first if both things happen. Which I kind of like that condition. I've never heard I – like, I like that condition set up. Yeah, I yeah. I think I, there needs to be more conditions like that. I, yeah. I think that's a good one. Um, Hall so far this season. 26 points, 6 goals, 20 assists in 31 games. Uh, he also had a primary assist on OEL's game-winning goal against the Sharks in his debut. Some of these prospects uh, you're not going to know much about, but I'm going to run them through here. Uh, Nick Merkley, 22-year-old 40, was taken 30th overall in 2015 by the Coyotes. Had a really good draft season with the Kelowna Rockets. I think he had like 90 points in 72 games. And then he had an underwhelming draft plus one and draft plus two seasons. Has only played one NHL game so far four years after he's been drafted and this season has 16 points in 26 AHL games all with Coyotes AHL affiliate the Tucson Roadrunners and then Nathan Schnarr is a 20 year old center who's taken in the third round 2017 he was actually drafted with the pick that the Flyers gave 
to John Chaka and the Coyotes in the Isaac Ratcliffe deal. Six foot three, 181 pounds, uh, and he has, you're not going to believe it, skating concerns. So uh, nine points in 22 games with the River this year. I I don't think, I think Nick Merkley may become something in the NHL, uh, but I don't think it's going to be a, a force. And then Nathan Snar is, uh, she feels like a guy that's picked because he's huge, but we'll, we'll see how that goes out. And then Kevin Ball, speaking of guys that were picked because they're huge, Kevin Ball is a 19-year-old left-hand defenseman. He was taking 55th overall. The second round of 2018, six foot six, 229 pounds, ginormous, 20 points in 28 games this year with the Ottawa six sevens in the OHL on his draft plus two season. So under a point per game in a draft plus two season isn't great. Elliot Freeman also said in 31 thoughts this week that, uh, quote, Shira said they liked Kevin Ball when he was drafted and like him more now. They have big difficulties down low in their zone. And while Ball needs AHL time to develop, they wanted someone in the organization to address that. So pretty much, they got this guy just because he is big and physical. Oh, Sam Morin. I, I was going to say, I love hearing that when you give up Taylor Hall. And this is your return. <laughs> so I'm a big fan of this move. Okay. Uh, and, then, and then Blake Spears, 22-year-old forward, uh, 28 points in 117 AHL game. He's not Great. He's not going to be a, a player moving forward. They just, I think they just need to open up a, a roster spot. Okay. Really, I, they need to get the cap limit. I have comments. I have comments. Oh, All right. So Nathan Schnarr. Uh, my favorite character on Thundercats. Schnarr! Schnarr! <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, we just lost every listener. Good night and good night. How, we, how this many is, people... Yeah. How many people get that reference? Uh, yeah, I think you know, that's... Uh, uh, young millennials won't get this reference. <laughs> it's not any avocado toast, so they're just going to go over their head. Yeah. Oh, this isn't a free health... This isn't single-payer health care, so they're not going to understand it. <laughs> okay. Oh man! All right, what were you gonna say before? Let's talk about the Democratic debates. Let's talk about let's talk about impeachment. No, just get into it. Let's just get into it. Let's get in the nitty gritty. No, let's talk about this Taylor Taylor Hall trade. Laughing my ass off at the Devils. They got besides draft picks, they didn't get shit. And this is a guy that they were just. I mean, he was phenomenal for them. They traded jack shit to get him. He was phenomenal, and they couldn't do anything with it. And then coming into this year, they were like, oh, 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 we got Taylor Hall. We got Wayne Simmons. We got Jack Hughes. We got Nico Heischer. We're going to kill it. We got PK. Guess what? You suck. Oh, by the way, uh, yeah, they do suck. We got Mackenzie Blackwood. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Devils Devils fans did talk a lot of shit before the season. They were very confident in their team. And then all 12 out, of them. Yeah. When you pointed out to those 12 fans, the devils, you know, after a season where they added off season, they added three big names that they now have five good players. They apparently just didn't want to, I guess, accept that. But this trade, Nick, Nick Merkley and Nathan Schnarr may become something. And Kevin Paul, Kevin ball will probably get NHL games, but I don't think they're going to be in it games you really want somebody to be playing like they feel like they're going to be Robert Hag NHL games if that makes sense like that's what they have to look forward to with Kevin Ball maybe but I yeah this trade they needed <laughs> you gotta get something for Taylor Hall don't you like don't you need like just not quantity you just like at least um, when the Penguins traded yeah. Phil Kessel they at least got Galchenyuk like uh, that's not yeah. much but it's something like they couldn't even and get like, like the, a Galchenyuk on the Coyotes for Taylor Hall. And like the 
the the 2020 draft is supposed to be deep. So getting a second uh, second first round pick in that draft is big. But again, for a team that was supposed to be better than the Flyers this year and be in a playoff spot, this is this is not where the Devils want to be going. Which makes well, me laugh, and it's great, and it makes me think about Ray Shiro as a GM. Uh, you know, it's December, uh, Craig. It's December. Why do you need to trade him in December for this? Like, wait till the trade deadline. Maximize that whole thing. Like, this is not the time to do that. Do not settle for this. What a bunch of morons. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Fuck, I don't know. And again, like, Merkley and Schnarr and Ball, Ball could become. Schnarr. Yeah, they could all become something. But, like, I think there's more potential for Merkley, I think, has the most potential and Schnarr, I'm I'm not too high on Schnarr. And then Kevin Ball just kind of sounds like it sounds like they're grooming the next like hag types. Like they got him to clear out the crease down low. He's six foot six. Like it sounds like it's not really the most. I don't know. I, I, we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, like they, it's really the 2020 draft is supposed to be loaded. So I think that's what they were going for. I mean, God, if they wanted a hag, we could have just given them hag for Hall. Could give you a hag curve day right now yeah <laughs> yeah Listen, why not just hag for hall just we will give up. you hag samuel morin and who's that guy overseas that hextall drafted and we still don't understand why adam getting adam getting adam getting all those for taylor hall uh throw in derek settlemeyer and the uh rights to valerie vasiliev there you go there i'll you tell go. you we what i'll tell you what yeah. you can even have the germ oh, okay all right let's let's go not 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 now that we have exclusive the germ right naming rights i think we i want to hold on the german roofs off as long as we can now since we're only allowed to call him the germ but uh but i want to thank a person i want to thank taylor hall and also i want to give a shout out to, <laughs> shout out to Corey schneider because those two men single-handedly uh pretty much propped up the devils to be a mediocre fringe playoff team for a couple seasons and then uh just shit the bed and and uh, now the Devils are left with uh, not not too much to work on this season. I think he, like he sure is good. Jack Hughes is going to be good. Miles Wood is fine. You know, McLeod's going to be fine. Like they they have good pieces, but they're just not. Uh, I'm not too worried about the Devils yet. We'll see. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a while to form to form that Stanley Cup Voltron. <laughs> just bring back Marty. Bring back and, uh, Marty. He's clearly, he's clearly the stomach of that Voltron. <laughs> uh, so that's why I mean that's why the Devil sucks. They actually do suck. The Penguins suck, unfortunately, on the other end because they just they keep doing Penguin stuff. Uh, apparently, Sidney Crosby has been skating for nearly a week now, even though there's no timetable for return. Uh, even though I guess the timetable has been announced. That's via Mike DeFabo from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. And then uh, Evgeny Malkin scored his 400 goal this week against the uh, Calgary Flames. 400 goals and 873 games played. It's not a it's not a bad rate. It's a, it's not bad goal production if you can get it. Yeah, but he looks like sloth from the Goonies. So whatever. Yeah, yeah, got a big nose. Uh, and then also they acquired Kevin Waugh from the Florida Panthers in exchange for Ryan Haggard. That's uh, uh, Patrick's fourth cousin's nephew. Well, he looks like he's got the scheme, uh, the skill set you would expect out of that. So he's a 26-year-old forward, 2012 draft pick, uh, seven points in 28 NHL games. So very distant relative to Patrick Wall. Not a son, 
not a not a brother, just very loosely connected to Patrick Waugh in terms of hockey skill. And then Haggerty is a undrafted 26-year-old right winger. He has six points in 23 games with the Guido Pens this season. Haggerty so is a 70-year-old hockey writer for the Boston Bruins. Fucking hates Tory Krug, even though he was probably one of the <laughs> – yeah. Uh, Haggerty's got some pretty bad takes, if I remember oh, yeah. correctly. I don't remember. I've kind of zoned him out, slash people have stopped caring about him, I guess. People have stopped caring about him. Okay, yes. Hags, Hags is no longer a thing. Yeah, he's – I'll tell you what. But uh, that's that's why the Penguins suck. Devils really suck. Penguins are annoyingly not sucking as much as they should be without No, Crawford. I wish they had sucked a lot more. They, they missed Malkin and Crosby separately for significant chunks, and it, it didn't really affect them. Nope. That – it looks like their defense is halfway decent, and Tristan Jari has uh, been a monster recently. But uh, we can – I want to laugh at this Ron Hainsey this Ron Hainsey quote real quick. Please. Uh, so I got it from – this is via Haley Sylvan. I think – I'm hoping I saying her name right. Uh, probably not, though. It's me. Uh, she is the Ottawa Senators beat writer for The Athletic. It's South. And Ron Hainsey <laughs> – Oh, oh, well, no comment. Anyway, uh, Ron Hayes <laughs> played in his 11. I can't think of anything. Ron Craig, Craig's on played, set right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm not. Ron Hayes played in his 1100 game this week, uh, and when she asked him about it, or when he was asked about it, uh, he said, "Quote: I don't really sit around counting games. We're the only sport that counts games like this. I'm a big sports fan, and I couldn't tell you how many games Derek Jeter or LeBron James has played." End quote. I just love that quote because they're trying to like you know, like point to an achievement in his career. And he's yeah. like, ah, oh, fucking who cares about this? We, we only care about this. Nobody else cares about this. And yeah, I feel like that's on your longevity and, and a successful career. Screw you. <laughs> yeah. He just sounds like an old bigger man. Well, I guess I, you know, who cares? That's <laughs> playing in Ottawa. I guess I really don't blame him, but it just sounds like if they were like, uh, wow, those, are." That was a great penalty shot goal to win the, the game tonight. He's like, I don't care. I can't dunk. I can't throw a baseball. Who cares anymore? This is hockey. It just like starts dunking on the sport. Uh, do I have the class and grace of a Derek Jeter? I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, I do. Ron Hainsey, by the way, one of those there. guys consistently forget is in the league. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, I see uh, the, the guy name I come up every about... now and then I go, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a guy I forgot about until this week, and then he was pretty active in my mind this week, uh, Kyle Ogposo. Uh, he had that borderline hit on Travis Dermott, dirty hit. And then tonight he was uh, getting a connecting space. So, and I remembered all the concussion issues Akposo's had and how uh, it looked like Akposo and Connector were about the fight. And I was like, eh, maybe not the best idea for these two right now in their lives. But anyway, that's that. That's you that. Want... And now let's talk about how the millman always strikes twice. Oh, yes, the milkman. Uh, Mason Millman. Or, that's a terrible nickname. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I have. I, when you first brought up Mason Millman, I definitely thought of the, the Dead Milkman, the band. So, uh, Okay, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Mason Millman originally spended indefinitely for a hit he took last week on the Sarnia Stings Owen Say. I'm going to say S A Y E. You can pronounce that however you want. Uh, he received a five minute major for the hit, <laughs> and he also received a game misconduct for a check to the head. Steve, did you watch the video of it? I uh, I did not. Let me see oh, if okay. I can pull it up now. My they, my internet did not want to cooperate earlier. Oh, that's right. Oh, maybe that's what shut down the internet. <laughs> Just video. But got reduced to four games. He already came back from the suspension. He scored tonight for this Agonal Spirit. But going into tonight's action, he had 
six goals and 49 shots and nine assists for 15 points with 30 penalty minutes in 28 games so far this season in the OHL. Uh, again, 103rd overall pick for the Flyers back in 2019 or uh, back in 2019 earlier this year uh, in the fourth round. Uh, Regard as a puck moving D man, uh, responsible play on both ends. And I've seen a lot of complaints. He doesn't like to shoot the puck. So he's probably going to be on the Flyers in like three years because he's going to be the new candidate for people to yell shoot at. So looking at the hit, and I'll, if everybody's curious, or I'll just tweet it out tomorrow, the hit doesn't look good. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Like, I I feel like a five minute manager in game misconduct should have been enough. It kind of feels a little bit like the Farabee. Um, suspension too, which I, Steve, I can ask you how you feel about that one too, because I thought that was a game too many. But yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that's another. I don't, I don't even know if a suspension's really. But yeah, well, because like, I don't know. Like, I've seen so many more things that I feel like they should have been suspended. That the league's like minimum fine. Yeah, I think where I come on that hit was I was because I think Steph and I were in agreement where it was just the hit. If he had the puck, that hit is legal but then bill brought up the good point that like it's the you can tell Faraby is just making a beeline to perot and he was going to hit pro no matter what no matter where he was on the ice and then also you can't really use the if he had the puck argument because part of the reason why perot was hurt and is in concussion protocol now is he had no idea he was about to get fucking body checked he's like looking over his shoulder watching a pass and has no idea that somebody's coming full steam out like he's supposed to be protecting the puck so yeah yeah i, I think it's yeah, one of those I, things where i i think it's it's not great it, it's, de- it's it's not, not something great. it's not it, something farabee should have done like i don't feel good that he did it but i don't think it's three game suspension i don't no, I've i don't think so on top completely... of a game misconduct i've like, seen worse go completely just undisciplined with at worst like a you know i've seen like fines dished out for stuff like that that are worse than that so i don't know but whatever i I agree with your assessment on this millman one uh four games might be a bit much but yeah it's definitely uh a game misconduct worthy i would say maybe maybe one or two games i think four is a a little much but um again you do want to also take concussion seriously and and hit trauma and maybe this is the the step to take but you want to see the league come down harder on say guys like Tom Wilson out there who you know are much more aggressive with it and will yeah, yeah. just uh you know dole out more dangerous hits than that right 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 what do you uh do you, what do you think about this hit you finally watch it what are we doing? Uh, yeah that's what I was commenting okay. on I watched it. <laughs> all right so did you think it was uh did you think the initial reaction of indefinite suspension is a little yes Okay. There's no Scott wonder... Stevens noted war criminal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Stevens. Oh man, I don't. If Stevens played today, and we've talked about this before, but I'll I'll say it every goddamn podcast. If Stevens played today, I don't think he would be. He would be like a Roman Polak, is what I feel like he'd be. Yeah. I, I think he's lucky to play in the '90s. It's the only era where, he, well, maybe the '70s, but yeah, uh, yeah maybe yeah. he could have been on the Flyers in the '70s. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean. And no more. I, I I can't talk about Scott Stevens without getting high blood pressure. And <laughs> my doctor told me not to talk about Scott Stevens anymore. I I, I sat down with my doctor and he's, he did the pump thing on the arm. He's like, "My God, your blood pressure's high." And I said, "I've been thinking about Scott Stevens all day. How did he get away with that hit? He ruined Eric Lindros's career." And then my doctor was like, "Dude, that was the year 2000." 
in the year 2000. Like, yeah, but did you see Eric Lindros in his prime doc? Did you see him? He was amazing. And Scott Stevens is a piece of shit. And my doctor's like, eh, you got to see a new doctor. I'm just picturing the, uh, the receptionist at this office looking to her left down the hallway and just seeing you with fistful of just doctor collar, just shaking him, just letting him know how good Eric Lindros was as a hockey player. <laughs> Doc, you gotta listen. Doc, you gotta listen. I start wearing my Lindros jersey, and I'm like, I I have a whole highlight reel on YouTube to show you. I brought, I I brought the biggest size iPad that I could find to show this to you. (laughs) And just like if if Casparius missed that hit, it's just oh man, listen, Doc. All right. Well, that's uh, I mean, that's Mason Millman news. Everybody's been asking. They're like, we need a Mason Millman update. I'm like, okay, we'll give it to you. Doc, let's talk about when Lindros wrecked Matthew Barnaby. Let's talk about this. Let me show oh, this baby. to you. Did you see uh did you ever see the video of uh Lindros fighting Chara? Do you remember that? I'm not sure I do. I'm I gonna, gonna look say, this up while you uh, I guess like kids I don't know, I always go back and watch random like fights every once in a while. Like Lindros clips and I remember the uh and I kept seeing one with Chara, I think it was on the the Islanders. But yeah, you go ahead and look it up. I'll go. Uh, you want me to do around the league while you're doing that? You, you do around the league. I'm going to look up Eric Lindros fighting Zdeno Chara. Fight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, starting off, Ilya Kovalchuk has been placed on, or he was placed on unconditional waivers and had his contract terminated by the Kings this week. 43 points in 81 games over two seasons with the Kings. He had 19 goals and 24 assists. Steven, should the Flyers go after Kovalchuk? God, no. Correct. All right. Like, Steph, if he's uh, not good enough to score on the shit-ass Kings, what's no, he going to do here? Yeah, the answer is no, and there's going to be a the, million should whoever do this. And the answer is no. Nobody should go after Kovalchuk. The Kings, the Kings are so utterly desperate for any scoring they could find with all of their players over the age of 30 signed to 11-year contracts. And Kovalchuk's not good enough? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. I think he's uh, I think he's, uh, he's done so. So, uh, Stefan Nelson? Nesson, I forgot how to say his name, just signed with the Penguins at the beginning of December, was clanned off waivers by the Sharks, uh, I think today, actually, not yesterday. Josh Anderson is out four to six weeks with a shoulder injury. Justin Schultz is week to week with a terrible case of LBI. Nikita Zaitsev is out two to four weeks with an undisclosed injury, which I think is funny that they're labeling that as undisclosed. Meanwhile, I'm throwing out all of these LBIs and UBIs left and right. I don't know what the difference is, but anyway, speaking <laughs> of Andrew Kopp is week to week with a horrendous case of UBI. Uh, Canadians legend Gila Point has been diagnosed with oral cancer. San Jose uh, Sharks. Yeah, it's been a fucking, it's been a week with that. Sharks the fired head coach Peter DeBoer. Uh, he was, it was his fifth season with the Sharks, finished with a record of 198, 129, and 34. He also had a Stanley Cup Finals appearance in 2016. Went to the Western Conference Finals last year. Uh, Kate you know what I'll say about Peter DeBoer is that man knows how to lose the Stanley Cup. He, I'll tell you what, he's like, you know what? I just got to get here, right? I don't need to win this round too. This <laughs> is all just, this is all just for show. I always thought he looked like, uh, like Bob Newhart. Oh yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah man. He bit. does. I was going to say, yeah, because I think he went, not the Bob Newhart part, but the, in his first year with the Devils, I think he went to the Cup too, didn't he, right? Right, right. Yeah, uh, and then, so the thing about DeBoer too, well, you know, is he going to join the Flyers coaching staff at this point? Because we have all all the other ex NHL coaches. <laughs> he's not he's not a big enough asshole. He's uh, not that's a, true. Not too, not enough asshole. Not enough ass. <laughs> not enough, the ass, not enough ass for the ass crew. 
you think the interview process is like they walk the the potential assistant coach walks in the door they don't even interview him it's just av looks at him and if he thinks he's a huge asshole he's like all right you're you're on board you're gonna be on the bench next game so get ready one of the interview questions is uh like okay a rookie is walking around playing candy crush on his phone what do you do? And if the answer is anything less than smack it out of his hand and say, get back to work, you're not getting the job. <laughs> Even though Avi's probably been like, his leaves and bounds better handling younger players than Haxtell was, but I like the right. idea that <laughs> he's just yelling at all the young players for playing Candy Travis Crush. Konechny's playing Mario Kart on his iPad. What do you do? <laughs> do you throw it in the shredder? Do you politely ask him to stop? Do you weep? If it's not throw it in the shredder, you're not getting this job. You know what's really depressing is do Big you Big think... on the ass crew, Mondays on WIP. <laughs> live, live, live. Do you think Travis Connecting knows what Mario Kart is? He is a younger man. Yeah. And yeah, he definitely older. does. No, everybody knows what Mario Kart is. It's, it's now an easily accessible app on the phones. Okay, if, if there's an app, maybe. But there is an app. Right, People well, know Nintendo still. People play Smash Brothers and Mario Kart. Oh yeah, that's fair. You know what? Yeah, I. I mean, Nintendo we, releases I, Nintendo releases the same games over and over every three years. <laughs> Pokemon and those two. <laughs> it's pretty it's, it, there, there is a new Mario, a new Zelda, a new Mario Kart, <laughs> and a new Smash Brothers, and a new Pokemon. Like, and it's just rinse repeat. I remember when there was 150 Pokemon, and now there's oh, fucking 20,000, and I used to walk there up was Pikachu, Charizard, Jigglypuff, shall I go on? A Charmutza now? <laughs> A Boba Squirtle? This, this is, is, by the way, I have is... named literally... I think every Pokemon I could, I could possibly name. I've, I never really was a Pokemon guy, and that's about the extent I can name, and most of that's through Smash Brothers. One of the, I'm I'm a, I'm more of a Smash guys, bro. But I the the poke the only Pokemon I really remember outside of those three was I think there's one called Ditto that literally was just their move was they swallowed up their opponent and then they got all their moves. So I was like, why don't why don't you just fucking carry that dude around and then you that's just, just win. Yeah, you're just you're just cheating at that point. Yeah, it's just so, Kirby. Yeah, it's just Kirby. They just yeah, put a put a new name on it. Where am I? Oh, Caden Primo. Caden Primo. <laughs> <laughs> Steve derails Craig. Another point for Steve. That, uh, my personal my my one of the most satisfying things for me is when I go on BSH Radio and I utterly corrupt that broadcast with just <laughs> nonsense. Anytime I divert Bill from the main objective. I take so much pride because then people come in the next day and they're like, man, that went off the rails. And I go, you're damn right. You're goddamn right, dude. I was there. Goddamn right. Let's talk about Caden Primo. Caden Primo, uh, Keith's son, uh, won his first NHL game last week with a 35 save performance against the Senators. Hextall, uh, and this pick that the Canadians used on Caden Primo was originally a Flyers pick. Hextall swapped seventh round picks with the Canadians back in 2017. And the Canadians used that 2017 pick on Primo. Hextall, classic go. Ron Hextall, just not not thinking about the well, future. Buddy passed on Keith's son. You know, just not respectful to Flyers history. I mean, yeah, if you wanted to see the Hextall era in a microcosm, I mean, you know. And then again, he traded another seventh round pick in 2018. So, and then Fletcher, you know, made the biggest mistake of his career by also trading a seventh 
round pick to the Canadians in 20. It's just a trend that's got to stop. 2020 is the year it's got to stop. Because I don't want to see Caden Primo, or another Caden Primo, carry the Canadian Steel Cup. Anyway, um, Vladimir Ziplikov, I think is how you say his name. He passed away at the age of 50. Was, I remember seeing him That was him a play. good pronunciation. Yeah. Do you remember him? I remember, like, I don't really remember him, him unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he wasn't. But he was only 50? In, yeah. I, yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot of shitty news in regards to, yeah, off the ice stuff this week. But 170 points. In 331 games between the Kings and the Sabres over six seasons in the late 90s and early 2000s. Uh, former Islanders legends, I guess, John Tonelli and Butch Goring will have their numbers retired. I believe they said it was going to happen in February. Tonelli is number 27. He has granted Andersley the ability to wear 27 until he retires. Andersley is going to be the last one to wear 27. And then once he retires, I think it'll go up into the rafters. And then Goring was number 91, and I think the Islanders want to get that up into the rafters as, uh, as soon as possible. But both of them, Tonelli and Goring, were on all four of the cup-winning teams for the Islanders back in the early 80s. What took uh, you guys and... so long? <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, it's not like there's been other things. There were like other cup runs I got in the way for them to focus right. on. Right. Like, were they just like, like, I don't know when it's going to happen again. Let's just let's just retire some numbers. They were, t- <laughs> they were too busy uh, spending time putting Rick DiPietro back together. It was like each time... Of- they're going to put the, the banners up. Rick DiPietro, another limb of Rick DiPietro just fell off. So they're like, oh, we got to we gotta do this real quick. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Rick DiPietro, the million-dollar man. Uh, what's the, Okay, so Eric Comrie was claim, is a goalie that was claimed off waivers from Detroit by the Jets this week. Eric Comrie is an interesting name because he was somebody I talked about a little bit this summer because he was one of the three Jets that just wouldn't sign his RFA tender. So it was him... Lion A and Kyle Connor, and he didn't sign until early September. He was placed on waivers in late September and claimed by the Coyotes. The Coyotes then traded him to the Red Wings, and then the Red Wings just put him on waivers this week, where he was then reclaimed by the Jets. So this guy's done a lot of moving oh around God. to just be with the Jets, to live in Winnipeg, which <laughs> is not have parks. Yeah, to just yeah. By the way, speaking of Winnipeg, because we kind of glossed over the games this week, Lucas Pisa scored a fucking goal against the Flyers. If you want to remember how uh, bad that game on Sunday was, Lucas Pisa scored. That's pretty much what it comes down to. I did not want to remember it. Also, when you said Eric Comrie, I definitely thought it was Mike Comrie for a second. I was like, he's still in the league. <laughs> he's still the in the league, still dating Hillary Duff. Yeah. Hillary uh, Duff was he dating Hillary Duff? I didn't even know. That. I thought he was for a while. I thought that was oh, like, wow. uh, yeah. Well, we'll find out. Uh, wait, who's the one going on? Carrie Fisher's going on, Mike Fisher, right? I'm sorry, what? Carrie, Carrie Underwood, but not Carrie Fisher. <laughs> Carrie yeah, Underwood's I was going. very confused by that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, but anyway, I think that's the, uh, that's the history of people I know about. I can think of at least five things wrong with that. <laughs> but, uh, what else we got? Doc Emmerich has been named part of the class of 2019 to be inducted into the Sports Broadcasting Hall of Fame. Some uh, call Steve, it the Sports Broadcasting Hall of Fame. That is where you can find Doc Emmerich these days. <laughs> Some call it. <laughs> Some call it that. <laughs> Some people call it the fucking title of the place. Uh, that's good. And then also, uh, Sveshnikov scored his second lacrosse goal, his second Michigan goal, uh, two days ago. And apparently, nobody like everybody was amazed when he did the first one, and now he did a second one. They're like, "Ah, eh, we saw it before." Literally, the only two times it's happened in the NHL, 
And I feel like not enough people kind of lose their shit over what happened two days ago. And then Tyler Ennis tried it tonight. It was his effort tonight was pretty bad. Actually, look that up because I want to see a reaction to that. But he was behind the net. I think that was our friend Haley. If you want Haley uh, Selvin, I think was doing the guess for that. Uh, but like he was just behind the net and he took a real long time doing the Hulk and the puck on a stick thing and then going towards the net. And I think Dante Fabro knocked the puck off his stick when it was like at his knee. So he came, he was like five feet away from the net and he got wrecked. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's, 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 dude, that's what's going on with hockey. We got it all covered. Definitely not losing steam on my fourth podcast this week. This is <laughs> it's all, it's all coming back to me. This is that's actually funny. a first. This is a first folks. We are recording at 1.02 a.m. on Friday, December 20th, okay? We're recording at 1.02, and Craig <laughs> is the one losing steam, and I am the one who could do this for another two hours. Like, I am so... Because fr- <laughs> I took off on Friday, so I was like, let's just do it late. I went to the game. I'm feeling great. And Craig's like, oh, I can't do it. And normally it's the opposite. Craig's like, let's keep going. I'm going to keep Steve awake. Yeah. And now I'm the one who's like, Let's keep going. Let's talk about Eric Lindros. Let's talk about Rod the Bod. How yeah, about see, Keith Primo? This all this tells me is that you need to quit your job, and then before we record, we just drink two Red Bulls and do it at like one a.m. in the morning. That's all this is telling me. Because you know that's the most logical step from here, is it not? You can't deny logic. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. So you quit your Craig, job. Let's- Let's talk about let's talk about Adats in Return of the Jedi. How how are the Ewoks just killing these with logs? It doesn't make any sense. Mandalorian, he's got to like blast it a thousand times, and you know they're not using logs. I got I've had Return of the Jedi on in the background, and uh, you know that's that's what's in my head right now. But anyway, let's <laughs> let's just end it. Craig's very tired. He's got to go to bed at one in the morning. You want to keep talking? I'll keep going. I'll keep talking. Let's talk about Adats. Let's talk about Adats. No. Um, if you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Don't forget those underscores, Holmes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a. Uh, I'm still working on a article, and I will have. I want to try and do something recapping the uh, Flyers and Sands Anarchy over the years and put that out. But that's going to be out on Saturday. And then I will. Uh, I'll think of some other stuff to do. I, don't know. I got. I got the uh, the looking at Igor Zamula's uh, WHL season is what I got right now. All right, Mike Mamula. Mike the hockey. Yeah, Mike Igor Zamula the hockey Mamula. Mike Mamula with uh, you know having self restraint in bars with his his pants. <laughs> what a Man, guy! That that and. Sucking ass at football. That's a <laughs> that bad taking combo. the longest way to the quarterback every time. <laughs> All right, you can reach me at Flyperbole or Estee Bomb. Uh, make it Flyperbole though. That's where all the the hockey stuff goes. All the hot hockey tent. All the gifts when I occasionally do tweet during the game. It's weird because I'll, I'll just have nothing during the game. And then all of a sudden I'll be like, you know what? Let's tweet the whole third period. <laughs> Well, you had a good pick tonight. You had a good pick of Claude tonight. I did. I did. Can, I was very uh, happy getting, to catch pissed that. off. Get yeah. that dad energy up. That dad all, you have to do, all you have to do is get me into a corporate box where I don't have to schmooze the entire time, and I can just sit in the front row and basically watch a hockey game by myself. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep that in mind. We'll talk to, uh, talk to the people upstairs and see if they can get us some seats. 
Absolutely. Just just insert me into different corporate situations <laughs> at random, and I'll just like start going like, I mean, the technology's just not there yet, guys. Am I right? <laughs> All right, I gotta go. It was really nice meeting you. I don't have a business card. I'm sorry. Sit down, grab a beer from the fridge. All right, let's watch this hockey. <laughs> Tell random guys. All right, you want to watch Katori? All right, the guys, rest of these guys are playing checkers. It's the same <laughs> notes to everybody. Same notes to everybody. <laughs> Travis Konechny, he's the energy guy. Uh, if you look at Ivan Provorov, he has played uh, two thirds of this game. Okay, that's no lie. Anyway, that's where you follow it. You should also follow BSH Radio, follow Broad Street Hockey, all that good stuff. Be sure to check out our plethora of podcasts, our cornucopia of podcasts, our million downloads this year. Wheelhouse of podcasts. That's right. Million downloads. Thank you for all that. That's uh, just great news. We we love you all so much. But we've got so many good podcasts. And come out to Festivus on Saturday. It's going to be a great time. We're going to watch the Flyers hopefully whoop the Sens for the first time this year. And, yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. That's all I have yeah. to say. It's going to be great. Uh, yeah, come out to Festivus, too. There's going to be a lot of stuff for uh, for Oscar. And there's going to be uh, first 50 people get a shirt, first next 50 50- People get a free drink from everybody but me because, yeah. Uh, and then you get Stephen uh, Craig selfies for 50 bucks. I was going to say, you can, uh, I don't know, I'll give you a high five or For 75 or bucks, uh, I'll do rabbit ears. <laughs> cool 125, you can go buy me a drink. <laughs> I'm pulling that out there and see if any of you suckers fall for that. We'll see. For a cool 150, I will lift you onto Craig's shoulders. And we will take a picture like that. And for $200, we can take a Titanic picture pose together. <laughs> These are all great deals. Undeniable deals. I was going to say the one where you put somebody on my shoulders uh, for an extra like 100 bucks. We can have a trench coat and fedora and then we can inspect our gadgets some shit. So we'll, we'll figure that out though, down the line. We'll workshop that in the next 36 hours and see where we get out. Yeah, we got this. <laughs> Saturday, Festivus, Fieldhouse, right by Jefferson Station. You have no excuse. None. We'll see you there. Folks, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, good night and good hockey. Hello everybody, this is Flyperbole. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell, and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't. All those hockey guys, these are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah!